welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is Season 5, Episode 76, Navigating the Discard, Empath Healing from Narcissistic Abuse. Dear Universe, I can't stop crying today. Why am I so sad on my birthday? Is it because it's magnifying the fact that I know I am not treated as I deserve by my husband? I receive love and birthday wishes from everyone in my life and in my family, even from Lance. But just saying nothing else and all the other days feeling alone and unloved doesn't cut it. A wish with words without presents, flowers, a kiss, a hug, or anything romantic in the slightest is not how I deserve to be treated by my husband. I guess I am really struggling, even though I put on a good face. If I'm being honest with myself, I dream of a man who loves to caress me, hold me, kiss me, and isn't ashamed to be with me socializing with friends and family, even if he is in a different mindset than them. I care for those people, therefore he should put his best effort to set aside his ego and try and be there with me and make memories with others that are important in my life. I'm tired of feeling like a single woman to the rest of the world and I'm stuck in a committed relationship at home. I should be enjoying my freedoms as a single woman without the responsibilities of a man-child at home isolating himself. Every time I try to share my feelings, he discounts my feelings and I am not heard. How do I fix this? I hate my birthday. There's always pain. I haven't had a happy, blissful birthday since my teens. It's my fault. My expectations are low, and I guess I feel guilty they are too exaggerated and from a romance novel that they are not based in reality. But he doesn't care to want to know what I need. If I'm going to be in the world outside of my home, a single woman, maybe I should just really be single. A journal entry of mine from when I was with my narcissist, and this is in my book on page 125. Welcome, dear empaths, to a safe space here in this podcast where we can discuss and heal from the complex journey of recovering from narcissistic abuse and the discard. Today's episode, we'll be diving into this particularly challenging phase of the discard of a narcissist and their rapid involvement with a new lover. We understand the pain, confusion, and emotional turmoil you may be experiencing. I understand the pain, confusion, and emotional turmoil you may be experiencing. And I aim to provide support, hope, guidance, and insights to help you navigate this difficult chapter in your healing process. The narcissist can discard you while you're in the relationship, when they are punishing you or giving you the silent treatment because you've triggered them or made them dissatisfied. 
And they also can discard you when everyone's finally done with the relationship. They're done. They found someone new. They're done with your arguing or your challenging of how they should treat you. And so after the breakup, there others another phase of discard where they move on quickly and they rebound into another relationship. I remember also feeling like I rebounded, but I wasn't trying to rebound. I did meet my current husband two weeks after I left because I felt like the relationship was dead. I was finally free and I felt so invigorated with new life again. And maybe that's how they feel. Maybe not. I have no idea. I can't speak for the narcissist, but I do know that they always need someone paying attention to them, stroking their ego and taking care of them because they are man-childs or woman-childs. And so they can never be by themselves alone. So let's start to understand the, the narcissistic discard. And then I'll dive into a little bit of more what was revealed to me years later after I left my narcissist. He too moved on quickly, but I guess I didn't really care because I had moved on quickly as well. But when you're not moved on quickly and you're still holding on to that relationship, you know, I had held on for so long, year after year. And then once he hit me and then he tried to cheat on me with my sister, I guess I was completely done with that relationship. I wasn't holding on to any more hope. So when he moved on in that next relationship, I guess I didn't care. But that's not always the case, you know, like they're still trying to what we call hoover you back in, still trying to woo you into their sphere and win you back because you're comfortable. You put up with them. You always stayed when they abused you. So those people are hard to come by in this world. And so they want the easy, warm market of getting you back in. And at the same time, they are with another relationship or trying to develop a new relationship and quickly rebound. And all of this is emotionally devastating. The narcissist discard is one of the most devastating aspects of the abusive relationship. First of all, when you're in it and they're loving you, but then it's like such a conditional love. They love you, you're, you know, you're having a laugh, a good time, and then all of a sudden you say something wrong and now you're discarded. Now you're nothing. Or you don't act properly, like for me in the bedroom, now a vacation's revoked. Now you're, you know, nothing. You're stupid. You know, you're not worthy. Like, it's not going to be fun anyway. So why go on the vacation? Because you're not fun, right? It's just a punishment. So let's get into the dynamics behind this discard phase, the motivations of the narcissist, and the impact it has on us empaths. I think we can all agree that it's a negative impact. And by gaining a deeper understanding of this pattern, you can begin to reclaim your power back. Know that the problem is not you and rebuild your life. So the unveiling of the quick rebound relationship. Boy, do they move on quickly. Mine did as well. You know, it's so funny as I was trying to do the math just recently, my ex's, I guess, new supply reached out to me just to kind of find some footing and grounding because he had discarded her after 12 years and she was telling me the timeline about oh you know he after 12 years and all this I've put into the relationship I can't believe that he just like discarded me after everything I supported him through and I thought wow yeah sounds very familiar but then I thought wait a second 
12 years, like I'm calculating this out. It's been 12 years since I left him. So are you saying like you met while we were still together? Did you meet right after? And, and it's at the point, it's like, I don't want to delve into the details because I just don't want to know, like whatever. I'm just going to assume that he was already in his mind thinking about courting her or making friends with her, knowing that well, if our relationship goes and sinks like a burning boat, which it was already, we all saw the signs that I'm, I'm going to go to her, right? It's like they plan and they plot all of these things. And so that was very quick and I could have felt really upset about it, but I kind of did not care. And the universe brought me my beautiful soulmate two weeks after. So I was like, I'm fine. I don't care either. But I highly don't recommend bouncing from one relationship to the next. You really need time on your own to heal in your own space with your therapist. I mean, I did get a therapist as well, but it was rough. It was a rough road in our relationship while I'm healing because I would accuse him of also being a narcissist when he may have been in his ego and I may have been in my ego and I may have been triggered. So it was just like normal relationship conflicts of me trying to build trust back again in a relationship while being in a relationship is extremely, extremely difficult. It is not for the faint of heart and only by, I feel like these multiple life theory, like him being my soulmate is the only reason that I feel like we have stuck it out in our relationship and we have come to a really healthy place. I just had an Akashic Record reading by Jacqueline. You can email me or I can put her link in the show notes. She's amazing. And the Akashic Record reading stated that he, it confirmed that he is my soulmate. And it actually confirmed that in a past life, many past lives ago, he committed to always take care of me forever. And it was really interesting because the guide said, be careful about what you promise in one life because you may be karmically stuck to it for many, many lives to come. And that's kind of his karma is he is here. He's always going to look out for me and take care of me, my current soulmate partner. So anyways, I feel like I'm justifying like getting together with him so quickly, but you never know, right? You never know. As long as you're cautious, you're being careful as you move forward, testing the red flags, the green flags, testing the tenacity and knowing that you can always be alone if you need to, right? Not depending on them not being codependent. So moving on very quickly is part of the narcissist's weak, I guess their emotional insecurity and immaturity. They are codependent, just as you may have been, dear empath, but on the dark side. And they're codependent, so they have to have somebody else to give them attention, to enable them, to give them supply, to make them feel secure. Because when you're by yourself, we do tend to do a lot of maybe reading, introspection, things like that, you know, and if you have someone with you taking care of you, you don't have to do those things. You're kind of like in the external world set, but there, we all know there's so much more work that needs to be done inside. So the purpose that it serves for the narcissist to quickly move on to the supply is not because they didn't love you like we our ego kind of takes it personally like oh my gosh they moved on so quickly like they I guess they didn't love me and I already kind of came to that conclusion just because of the fact that he never really had empathy for me he didn't listen to me he didn't hold space for my emotions so in that regard that's where I got the conclusion that he didn't love me 
But sometimes we are still so blinded by their love bombing and the good times that we don't really look at the real evidence of the bad times. When someone who really loves you in the bad times, they may stop talking to you for a minute because they don't want to hurt you intensely. But they'll always come back and apologize and have a conversation and be like, yeah, I'm so sorry, I lost my cool back there. I just get really upset when da-da-da-da-da. And it's like nothing against you. But with a narcissist, that's not how it is. It is always the blame is put on you. They will always deflect and not reflect and, you know, discard your emotions. So that feeling of like, oh, they didn't love me. Now they're just off to some other human to get their new supply or they, they love her. And look how they look so happy on social media. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so miserable over here by myself, discarded all of a sudden by the narcissist. And I would challenge the mindset of your ego thinking it was all of a sudden because there there were breadcrumbs. There were signs that you chose to miss all along the way of them discarding you. It being they're dismissing your feelings. It being they're punishing you when you didn't please them. It being that they gave you the silent treatment for longer than a few hours, like a day or two. So the breadcrumbs were there. The signs were there. The red flags, we call them in this arena. They were there, but we chose to or desired to or subconsciously ignore them, whatever the case may be. Or they felt normal because that's not knowing is normal to us. We maybe we were raised by a narcissist. And so all this kind of wakens us up. Like, oh my gosh, I've been discarded. Like, who am I? What just happened? How did this happen? And why? And that's like your wake-up call. And instead of pining and basing your value off of if someone loved you or not, really introspect and say, you know what? That really is their problem. If they're moving on so quickly, that has nothing to do with me. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. That has everything to do with their emotional maturity or immaturity because you although you may be sitting here in agony and pain are not looking to go find someone else I mean you probably in the back of your head are thinking well it would be a lot easier if I could just go to the bar and find someone quick to just like relieve the pain and that's really what they're doing like what you're in the back of your head like shadowy ego is thinking that's what they're actively doing whereas you will pause and be like yeah but that's not right like I really don't need that anymore. I don't need anybody in my life right now. I just need to heal. <laughs> I just need to figure out what happened. I just need to take a pause. And that is your intuition telling you the right thing. So trust that. Don't trust social media. Don't trust the lies. Don't trust the fake happiness. You of all people know what goes behind closed doors after they've taken that picture. You know. And so when you get to that point, you feel pain for the new supply. You feel sorry and you're like, oh girl, like anytime you need to reach out, I'm here because I feel your pain. Like you, you are preempting feeling the pain. And I know some of you have actually maybe reached out to the new supply or somehow gotten into contact and tried to warn them, which is all about timing in the world, right? In the beginning of the phase of that romantic partnership with a narcissist, you forget because you've been in such the crap mode for so long. You forget how blissful it is, how much that they glaze over and they don't really start the abuse until you, they're hooked in. And so if it's at the very beginning, the new supply is going to attack you because that's what the narcissist has told them. 
my ex is such a narcissistic bitch, da 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 da. And so they're going to see your warning as an attack because this is what the narcissist does. And so, yes, you probably have had a backlash and unpleasant conversations when you're just trying to be helpful and warn them. And again, to say to that is, you know, whenever, whenever you need to reach out, I'm here, you know, just in your head, know that every person has their own path to take and in their own timing to wake up to the reality. And we all know the phases of a narcissistic abusive relationship. So the process of this emotional, I think processing this emotional aftermath is really dis- difficult. You know, you experience the discard, you're witnessing what's happening on social media. And of course they're doing it on purpose, right? And they're telling their new supply, like post this, post that, because they know it's a strategy to get back at you. Tag me, da, 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 whatever. And it's really triggering to watch. So here's where we implement our emotional healthy boundaries. Unfriend your ex, unfriend the new supply, block the numbers. There's no need to be contact. They do not need to be in your sphere of influence whatsoever. Start searching on your, you know, algorithm, different things that make you happy, like nature and puppies and animals and all these things. And it'll start to come up in your feed rather than whatever's reminding you of your ex and what's been in your feed. And of course, if you still need more education about narcissism, search on narcissism or empath healing, things like that. I'm human design, if that's really what you're wanting to learn about yourself and your energetic blueprint, right? So there's different ways to navigate the social media and know that the algorithm will work for you if you search the right things. It's not like some magical robot, like you can control the social media, the algorithm, what you see and what you watch. And so that will help you a bit with your roller coaster of the emotional roller coaster of feeling like you've been betrayed, abandoned. And of course, self-doubt because they're always going to have that little voice inside your head that they've been talking about, you know, you always having self-doubt in your head like, see, you're going crazy, you know, oh, I can't believe you always do this. All of these little tiny cutting down remarks to make you need them and to make you feel like you are lesser of a person, those you now need to retrain out of your brain. You need to erase those out of your brain. And that takes a while because they've been delved and kind of rooted into your subconscious. So focusing on your self-healing is imperative. Focusing on rewriting your narrative about yourself, gaining more mantras and affirmations to say to yourself in the mirror, to yourself as you walk, doing meditations, to be able to rewire your nervous system and your amygdala, calming it down, removing the stress and the CPTSD, healing yourself through journaling and burning rituals that we do every full moon here in the empath healing community self-reflection, even if you want to dive into tarot cards, setting healthy boundaries, all of these things are going to help you. The Ho'oponopono prayer is going to help you start to cleanse out all of the negative narratives that they've planted in your brain, clear it all out, clean it out, and give yourself loving compassion to be able to move forward and heal and gain your power back. And so by redirecting your focus from Oh my God, like 
they hate me, they love this other person, they discarded me, what am I gonna do, right? That's all outward focus. Redirect your focus inward. Your soul is inside you. Your power is inside you. Your love is inside you. Your paying attention to yourself and your bright light shining, that's all inside. And you can start to rebuild that. You can start to rebuild your self-esteem, reclaim your narrative, your new identity that the human design chart can help reveal to you what your accurate energetic blueprint identity is, which I'm sure is completely different narrative from the world, maybe even your parents, all well-meaning, and the narcissist has told you. So cultivating all of that growth and change and knowledge is key for you to have a peaceful and powerful future. And like I said, rebuilding your trust and love is all a single pathway, a solitary journey of knowing how to trust your intuition is by going in to yourself. Like all those different exercises I told you, listening to your intuition and knowing this is my truth. This is my truth. I trust my intuition. Therefore, I distrust all of the lies that you're telling me right now or that I'm witnessing you do right now in the world. That's all BS. I don't trust that, but I do trust myself, my intuition, my love, and my truth. And the narcissistic abuse, it does have deep scars. I'm not going to deny that. It, It does leave deep scars, making it very difficult to trust and love again. But with all of the different exercises, the meditations that I host, the the journal that's really very potent, that journaling and releasing with the full moon, it's very powerful. Don't hold it in, get it out, release it, setting your healthy boundaries, mainly because you realize like that you're worth it. And now like you can say no and you don't care what other people say about your nose if they value you they're going to respect your nose. If they don't value you and they're just self-centered, they're not going to respect your nose. So then you start to see life as an experiment. Like, okay, is this person have my best interest in me? Let's test it. Let's say no to this invitation or whatever they want to do or say to me. And let's see how they react. <laughs> and if it is negative and they don't respect it, then you you know that that person now is moved from your inner circle, your inner sphere, and moved out to the outside of that circle or maybe altogether out. And just viewing life as an experiment is really where I found myself. Out here on this other side of that dark abyss where I swear you guys, it's really true. I felt like no one else would love me. I thought I was just gonna die in lonely old hag with cats and I was like, that's fine. I- I'm done putting up with this bullshit from this guy. So I- if that's my new future, I'll take it because this sucks. And I did. I just surrendered to the fact that the worst case scenario might happen. (laughs) And on the contrary, the best case scenario happened. I met my soulmate. We have two beautiful children. It's just been an amazingly healing journey to be able to reclaim who I am. And yes, it's been hard. It's been a bumpy road with lots of people that I thought were on my inner circle now are on the outer circle. But it's all for the better and you will feel a lot better and once you can start to pick and choose your inner circle maybe that's a whole new family you choose and 
is really funny. I'll just close with this is I have Scorpio in my third house, which is like house of siblings and close friends. And like, yeah, like close neighbors, close friends. And so my sister, she is a sun sign Scorpio. And I thought, oh, I lost that relationship. She's on the outer circle. Like, but then the universe brought me two other really healthy Scorpios into my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my third house. This is meant to be. It's just finding the healthy ego of people. No sign is bad. And the universe will bring you twofold what you have let go of. So as empaths, healing from narcissistic abuse. In conclusion, I do hear that the discard and the narcissist rapid movement to a new lover, the new supply, it can be excruciating experience. But I bring you hope that it can be the most wonderful freeing experiences too because now they're not trying to hoover you and they're not focused on you they're focused on someone else so you can now heal yourself emerge and become your own person on your own journey away from them and it really is a truly a gift when you shift your angle and perspective and come out on the other side so remember healing takes time but you have the strength you have the tools through me through the coaching through your human design chart then through this podcast and that is what i'll leave you with your transformation is in your hands